I'm Sophie Cross. I have a marketing mindset newsletter called Thoughtfully, and I also have a newsletter for my magazine, which is called Freelancer Magazine, and the newsletter's called The Dunker, which is a bit of a fun business and creativity newsletter for freelancers, which is just digestible links of the latest news. And I'm your host, Akshaya Chandramali. I love newsletters like Dwight Schrute from The Office Loves Paper. And on the Newsletter Nerd Show, I'm on a journey to talk to all the newsletter creators I love. Thank you so much for coming along with me on this journey. And if you're all set, let's dive into today's conversation. So, Sophie, I'm going to kick this off by quoting somebody who I really look up to and then follow it up with a question. Mm-hmm. You see, when you go traveling in your 20s, you come back with beads. When you go traveling in your 30s, you come back with the idea to start a street food business. That's just how it is. <laughs> right. And for people who are tuned in and don't know who this wise woman was, it is today's guest, Sophie Cross. So Sophie, I'm going to ask you, what is the wildest business idea you've ever had? Oh my God, I've had so many business ideas. But, you know, it's definitely Freelancer Magazine is the, the best business idea I've ever had. Yeah, I think I probably wrote that before I came up with the idea for the magazine when I was still toying with the street food business. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I traveled a lot in India. I suppose we went for six months. It was probably like seven years ago now. And I've been back twice since I'd been before. But yeah, the freelance magazine was an idea I had on January the 1st this year. And it was... The idea came from being part of freelance communities and, you know, that is now what I realise is the best strategy if you're looking for coming up with a business idea, which I wasn't really at the time for the first time ever because I was kind of doing my courses. So I kind of had the business idea. And so now I'm like, oh, my God, like if you want to come up with a good business idea, be part of the communities that you would want to serve and just listen and get involved and you will spot a gap I believe you will and with that fantastic answer we've kind of kick-started today's episode on the newsletter not show Sophie thank you so much for being here I mean I cannot tell you what a privilege this is to finally have you here oh I'm fangirling too like your podcast your your email everything I love everything about it so um yeah and I, I you know one thing I've been obsessed with lately is your life at the van Sophie. So, yeah, I've, and I know she has a name as well. I'm not going to spoil it for people right now. You've been lately writing your newsletter from your van while enjoying the scenic views. So, was it this freedom to travel that got you excited about freelancing in the first place? Definitely, yeah. I've been reviewing kind of since starting the magazine, I've been reviewing values and how I want to work and what my kind of life goals are a lot and I suppose an ultimate dream which maybe sounds a bit drastic would be to be entirely location independent I don't know if my husband is completely on board with that yet but yeah I kind of think a lot about having that complete freedom of well time you know within reason because if you freelance you still have to do work right um but, you know, you get to choose a lot of the time when you do it. And yeah, kind of that location. And I suppose with the pandemic 
you know, first world problems, but at the same time, that kind of, you know, does that adventure kind of button has not been able to be pressed. So that was kind of how the van came about just to kind of try and get some adventure while we can't really leave, you know, the UK. And that was what the idea behind it was. And, and yeah, I'm trying to go away, go away in it once a week. So I sort of set myself this accountability in my newsletter, you know, whether people were paying attention or not, but it's kind of nice to put it out there into the world and say, look, I'm going to go away. I'm going to do a challenge. I'm going to write the newsletter in it. Yeah. I love that, that simplicity that it kind of brings to your life. And then, yeah, I read Matthew McConaughey's, I don't know if you've read it, his autobiography called Green Lights. It is such a brilliant book. Um, And you also have to get the audio version because he reads it and it's just incredible. Life's too short already. Then that book just really put another rocket up my my butt, basically. (laughs) And I went out and like got on eBay and was like, I need a camper van. I figure if all else goes wrong I've got somewhere to live I've got somewhere to drive (laughs) so actually it was quite a smart investment I think yeah I think it's like when you know you could probably live in a van it kind of that level of freedom it starts to give you is kind of dangerous really because you can't Mm -hmm. think wow sod it I'll just go for it (laughs) can always live in the van Uh right besides being a kick-ass freelancer one thing you're brilliant at is making playlists so wow. much so that you have a song in your head for pretty much every person you've ever met. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a fun exercise now where I'm going to be listing a couple people and you're going to be giving pairing them with a song. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> the first one on the list is Dave Harland. Oh, Dave Harland. So, even though he's a Liverpudlian, so I'm not going to say the Beatles, even though there's a bit of a running joke with that. I think I read somewhere that he liked Oasis, and I am a massive Oasis fan as well. So, I'm going to say whatever by Oasis for him. (laughs) Fantastic. Next on your list is your dog, Rusty. Oh, my gosh, my dog, Rusty. Well, um... I'll say, well, we dressed him up as Snoop Dogg once, so um, I don't want to swear or anything. I'm, I'm going to need to pick a Snoop Dogg song that hasn't got a um, a swear word in it. So uh-huh. let's say drop it like it's hot for Rusty. Uh-huh. Next is Ernie, also known as the turtle, also known as your van. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to say, so I listen to a lot of, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but um, there's a couple of artists called Ben Howard and Nick Mulvey, which are very like, you know, by the sea Mm. kind of um, folky type music. So I'm going to say Nick Mulvey, meet me there. Next on the list are your newsletter readers. If you have to pick one song. Oh my gosh, you are really testing me. Um, (laughs) It would be... So I think I really like to think of myself as like, you know, like a champion for like, hopefully like encouraging other people to do things. And, you know, I just think they're the most awesome people. So I'm going to pick for them Good As Hell by Lizzo. (laughs) Fantastic. 
And the last person on the list is Sally Fox. Oh, Sally Fox. Oh, gosh. What <laughs> should I pick for Sally Fox? So Sally Fox and I had, see, I told you I always think about music for everyone. Mm-hmm. We actually had a bit of a joke because I was trying to get her to come to Nepal with me to run a marathon. <laughs> we also at the same time found out that we both loved hip hop. So we were joking about um, going to hip hop clubs in the Himalayas together. I'll pick, I have to pick a hip hop tune for her and I will pick Run Away by Kanye West because I would like to run away with Sally Fox. <laughs> Fantastic. That was the end of our little fun exercise and you did a really good job, Sophie. Very well done. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Pressure. Oh, my God. I'm so relieved it's over. <laughs> oh, no. The worst is yet to come. So. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and one person I did not include in the list is Dan Nelkin. Oh, Dan Nelkin. Yeah. Because I was going to do this right after, which is this. So one of our Twitter exchanges was featured in his incredible newsletter. Well, I don't know about you, but I was certainly basking in the limelight. And it was a tweet where you said, get going and then get shiny. Yes. Because right. you, said, mm-hmm. you said, it's not shiny, but it's, it's done, didn't you, or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. And it was about the website for the newsletter on our show. So I basically mm. said, it's not shiny, but it's here. And then you said, you, you co-tweeted it and you said, get going and then get shiny. So why do you think people should start anything before they're actually ready? Okay. I mean, I, w- I would like to say that Dan Nelkin is one of my favorite people ever. And yeah, I would have, fe- I, I don't know what song I would have picked for, for him. We have a running joke about maple syrup because, which is highly stereotypical because he's Canadian, but he did start the joke. And I would like to say that Dan Nelkin's newsletter is, yeah, great. Up there. Um Start before you're ready. So I made a video on this last year for isolated talks and it kind of became a little bit of a motto for me and then was super helpful for me because that meant I had to live by it because I'd started saying it. And it is just the only way to do things. I really do believe it because you just can't start something perfectly right you can't sit at home and go and you know this is the main thing holding people back that they think just do it when I'm ready I'll just do it when I'm ready but actually to put something imperfect out there is the only way you're gonna start improving and is the only way you're gonna be ready you're like if you're waiting for it to be perfect it is it will just never happen um and, you know, the new, my Thoughtfully newsletter is a really good example of this because, you know, I feel like I'm at a place with it now where I'm quite confident sending it. I send it weekly. I still change it from time to time. I really feel like I found my voice and, you know, I write it in my own voice and I get a really good response from it. But I have had that newsletter in different guises an on and off for nearly nine years so you know I just started doing it and it doesn't look anything like it does look a little bit like it did nine years ago but you know it's gone through so many kind of iterations and you know the only way you're going to get to something you know being like this is by just messing up and working out what you don't like and working out what other people do like um 
so yeah I really stand by kind of just getting started and you know at one point I say like you've got to put down the books and just start applying the knowledge like all well and good reading kind of business books if you have something to apply the knowledge to but if you don't just go and start something just like the smallest iteration of what you want to do you know like a blog or a newsletter or or something but yeah just start something now stop stop this podcast and go and start (laughs) (laughs) is that how you started the freelance magazine idea as well was it how it happened yeah I mean again you know the freelance magazine idea sort of was a light bulb moment but that came from eight years freelancing you know three years being a big part of online communities setting up courses marketing courses for freelancers you know so it didn't you know while it did kind of pop into my head like it was it wouldn't have happened if if those things hadn't already been in place so it was still a kind of part of a continuum Um, and I just think it's so easy for people to kind of look at people kind of perceived doing really well or you know you've got this newsletter and it's, you know, it's going quite well and kind of forgetting that there was like eight years before that, (laughs) you know. Um, So yeah, just do something because you just won't think of that perfect idea. And, you know, Freelancer Magazine is just such a cool thing to be working on now, but maybe that won't be forever. You know, maybe there will be the next thing. Mm -hmm. Sophie, we're talking about the Freelancer Magazine here. And I've never seen a community come together as much as it did for the magazine. So what would you say uh, is the role that community plays in your life? And how does one find their tribe as a freelancer? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just everything. I mean, literally, it's everything to me now. So they are my friends. They are my support. They are how I spend any time when I'm not doing anything else, like on social media, they give me ideas, they are my customers. Um, so, you know, quite literally, they're, they're pretty much everything. How does one find their tribe? I mean, I didn't really actually know that freelancer communities really existed. So I didn't really think about it. And the first thing I found was when I started doing more copywriting as opposed to marketing as a freelancer, but I kind of, I'm sure it was um, that content shed. I'm sure he was someone I came across first as, as a copywriter on Twitter while I was trying to learn more about what good copywriters actually do. And, you know, I've talked about it before and he's a really good friend, um, but his, the way he kind of put himself out there and how helpful he was and how authentic he was and friendly and funny just really just made me think oh my god like this is just amazing and you know we weren't mates at the time I was just massively kind of fangirling him but he brought me in or he he brought so many people into like these communities and connected people to each other and you start to realize when you find people like that that maybe other tribes aren't right for you you know it's kind of about you know do try different communities and I think that you will find that you lean towards, you know, you want to spend your time in the ones that uh, feel more right for you. And actually, if you don't, you know, I've been to sort of certainly kind of in-person networking events where you leave and think, oh God, I hated that and I never want to go back. Or like, 
oh, maybe I should go because maybe this is like where I'm going to win business. But actually, if you kind of feel like you should be in these communities, they're probably not the places that you really want to hang out. You want to hang out in the ones where you really feel that there's like-minded people and inspirational people and, you know, people that are on your wavelength. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You've formed a brilliant community around your newsletter. So how and when did your newsletter thoughtfully come to life? So I set up Thoughtfully nearly nine years ago when I went freelance and I started a newsletter then that really I was like, oh, I'll send it to like clients, you know, and things like that. So I think I was sort of writing about marketing and it was always, it was always fairly kind of mindset based. Um, And I guess that kind of works along you know, the business being called Thoughtfully as well. But yeah, I suppose in different iterations, it it started that long ago and just kind of got more, I don't know, me just kind of jabbering. I don't know. I tell you what, there was a big turning point for me last year. I'd lost a lot of client work because I worked a lot in travel and hospitality and I'd started the courses and I was sort of still doing the newsletter, but I'd lost a bit of confidence with everything really. And some people kind of intentionally or or non-intentionally kind of those communities on Twitter and people asking me to get involved in things or supporting the courses really helped kind of build my confidence back up. But I'll tell you (laughs) a pivotal moment and you've mentioned him already was I don't normally see who like subscribes and unsubscribes because I just don't check those things. My subscribes don't go into my inbox. My unsubscribes do. And only because I want to see if I send a newsletter, if like 50 people unsubscribe, I just want to get a gauge of that. I don't actually check who does um, because I think that's people, other people, you know, that's everyone's own business, isn't it? But I did happen to see. Dave Harland subscribed to my newsletter last year. It was probably like last August. Mm-hmm. And I honestly had this moment because he was, you know, we were just sort of becoming mates at the time. And I just thought everything he d- did was so brilliant. And I, I still do. And the way he was, you know, he just has completely found his voice, right? More than anyone that any of us probably know. I just thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to stop writing this newsletter. <laughs> Because I can't send this newsletter to Dave, you know, it's just embarrassing. And then I was just like, gave myself a slap around the face and thought, you know, and then I was starting to think, I'm going to have to make it a lot funnier. (laughs) I'm going to have to make it much funnier. Uh And then I was like, no, you don't, like the worst possible thing you could try and do now is try and be Dave Harland in your newsletter and just fail epically. And I had this kind of like, what would Dave want you to do? moment and I thought he would just want me to like be myself and do it my way and it's sort of going on from this made me really think I'm just gonna be like unashamedly myself and it just I feel like every week still now I, I still get a bit better at that but actually like last year kind of losing clients and losing confidence and starting from the bottom a little bit in some ways and being built back up and you know, being such a bigger part of these communities and realising that, you know, people like you and if not, they like you even more, the more 
kind of real you are yeah really helped me kind of take that that leap into kind of really writing in my own voice I guess mm, and what do you do on days um when you really want to ship a newsletter but words escape you Sophie what do you do then I always send it and you'll see that I normally send it up like it normally goes about nine o'clock at night because even if I haven't sent it I mean I say always I took a summer hiatus for the first time in ages because I just wanted to kind of decide what I was doing with it and decide on a plan going forwards and I it's essentially the same as it was before but I'm sort of doing a little challenge with myself where I said for 52 weeks so for a year I would go in the van once a week and, and, and write it or start writing it. And I'm also kind of doing a different theme each week. And the idea is maybe that I would turn that into a first draft um, for chapters of a book in a year's time, um, a kind of business marketing mindset book. So, yeah, at the moment, famous last words, I probably won't send it tomorrow now. But, yeah, I always write it. And my best advice for that and because you know I kind of have free reign I have got topics planned out but if I'm really trying to struggling to write I just think you know what is really on my mind now what do I you know really feel and some of those times when I've been most stuck and I've kind of like taken a step back and I'm like I don't know what to write I'm not going to send it and then really kind of dug deep for what you know is honestly kind of I'm really thinking about is some of the best response that I've got actually people saying like oh that really resonated with me or you know so yeah and is that something you would consider success for your newsletter people responding to you or is that anything else that you consider success you know my open rate always stays about the same um I definitely think you know that yeah people sharing it people telling me that it resonated with them I I do that newsletter. I have started a newsletter for Freelancer magazine, but I wanted to keep that one going just to really be me and my thoughts. And actually, I find it quite cathartic to write it. So it's not like it's not there for a real, you know, a massive business reason. It's there for, yeah, me, helping me, helping other people. And yeah, you know, I have grown a fairly big database now. So I do want to just keep sending something to those people and, and keep something that's that's really feels like it's mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. This drives me to a very important question in your journey so far as a freelancer, Sophie. So you meet with a lot of freelancers in person, and I'm guessing at least half of them are your newsletter readers as well. So if you have to describe those encounters with just five words that come to your mind right away, what are the words that you would pick? Oh my gosh. Like-minded. Is that one word or two? I'll let it slide by. I'll take it as one. <laughs> okay. Um, excited. Um, I'm going to say beer because I always just think it's like nice to, you know, have a beer with people. Uh-huh. <laughs> chatty and oh my gosh I don't know it's just yeah I'm just gonna say positive because it's just overwhelmingly positive and um yeah I've met quite a lot of people in real life I'm meeting some more people this Friday you know it'd be lovely to kind of I want to almost make Fridays as that kind of 
time, but sorry, you said five words and now I'm elaborating a lot. Oh, no, no, go for it. Go for it. Sophie, the time's yours. Um, all I was going to say is I just, yeah, I feel like that like-mindedness that you find between people that you've never met in real life before um, just blows me away. And yeah, to kind of really have these people as friends you know there was a real transition I think where you know especially the pandemic really helped with this kind of consolidating those friendships online I think but yeah the fact that these people just feel like you know amazing friends is is just such a wonderful feeling yeah fantastic this drives me to the last question of this segment um Sophie what is something you consider a newsletter nightmare? Something you would never want to happen to anybody, you know? Well, it hasn't happened to me, but as, as I speak to you, I haven't told anyone this yet publicly. My course platform, I can't access it and none of my students can access it at the moment. And I'm just hoping that it gets fixed before anyone really notices. If it goes on for much longer, I'm going to have to tell everyone because I tried to switch my domains over and it hasn't worked so I think the worst thing that could possibly happen would be to not be able to access like your platform you know to delete your templates or something awful like that like that Mm. that is the thing I can think of the most at the moment because it's kind of top of my mind praying that these domains just fix themselves Mm -hmm. soon well, I'm going to be praying for you as well and really hope it gets sorted pretty soon. Brings us to the next segment of the show, Sophie, which is called The Reading Room. In this segment, you're going to be picking a favorite edition of your own newsletter and you're going to be reading it out for us. Do you have a favorite edition ready? Um, yes, I do. Um, yeah. It's a recent one. So it was called Listen, and it was just from a couple of weeks ago. So like I said, I'm kind of doing all these different topics um, every week now at the moment, sort of related to kind of mindset and marketing mindset. So this one was called Listen. So you can never listen too hard, can you? It's at the forefront of of my mind at the moment to get better at it. The idea from the magazine came from being part of communities listening to them and seeing a gap. I create the best content when I listen to what's going on and sit hearing other people's impressive stories. I do the best marketing when I listen to what people want, what's working and what isn't. I'm best at working with our team when I find out how they are and don't just talk at them, when I don't rush, when I'm not busy. There are endless situations in our lives that could be improved by really listening, by not assuming what the person means, by not finishing their sentence or responding with a similar thing that happened to us once, but by giving them time and space, asking questions and helping them get out and work out what they really think. By not being distracted by our bloody phones, by not half arsing listening, by bringing ourselves back round when we find ourselves not listening, but thinking about what we're going to say next. Guilty. And we need to apply this listening to ourselves too. There must be times where we stop and give ourselves our own undivided attention, where we get in touch with our gut and question whether we're really taking and applying the advice that we would venomously dish out to our friends. Fantastic. 
loved reading that when it landed in my inbox and loved hearing it from you, Sophie. So thank you so much for that reading. Thank you. This leads us to the final segment of the show, Sophie. Are you ready for the final segment? Yes. This is called Have You Ever? And the rules are very simple. I ask you a couple of questions related to your newsletter and you answer them with a yes or no. Yes. All right. This is your first question of Have You Ever? Have you ever wondered what you do differently about your newsletter if you could start from the scratch? Yes. All right. This is your next question of have you ever. Have you ever considered giving up on your newsletter? Yes. Ah, okay. In that case, this is your third question. Go free. Have you ever regretted something you wrote in your newsletter? Yes. Mm -hmm. Three straight yeses. This brings me to the last question of the show and this segment. Are you ready for your final question? Yes, I've never been readier. Have you ever preached something that you don't practice yourself? Ooh. I'm going to say no, which is bold <laughs> and probably not entirely true. But I do pride myself on, you know, trying to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. Of course, like it's not 100% of the time, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Broadly speaking, <laughs> no. Fantastic. Yeah. With that, we're wrapping up today's conversation. Sophie, thank you so much for being here. I had an incredible time. I hope you had a good time as well. Oh, it was like so much fun. I knew it would be and it was even better. 